on this episode of Comedy Rewind. How does the feminist message of Tina Fey's Mean Girls stack up 17 years later? Is there a 2000s comedy that's been subject to more memes? Can anyone name a Lindsay Lohan movie that came out after Mean Girls? All of this and more on Comedy Rewind. 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 Push Rewind. I thought this was a comedy show. What's going on guys? Welcome to 8-Bits Comedy Rewind. We are powered by Audio-Technica as we rewatch the great comedies of the 1990s and 2000s. I'm your host, Jono Peck, and joining me on Wednesdays, we wear pink. It's Kat Benstead. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm excellent. It's, uh, it's great to have you here, making your debut on the podcast. It's, you know... You, get, you gave me a list of a few movies, and this was one that I definitely <laughs> wanted to get you on for. So we're talking about Mean oh, Girls. We are. such an iconic movie. I, I'm is. looking forward to it. Yeah, so before we dig into it, because there's a lot to get through, what a movie. Um, tell people a little bit about yourself if they don't know you, they should. But uh, if they, <laughs> you know, they might be vaguely familiar, tell them where they might recognize your name from. Well, first and foremost, I am a PR manager in the video games industry, and that's where a lot of people do know me from. But I also have a horror movie podcast called TGIF, where I have casual conversations about all of every horror movie you can possibly think of. And every week I'm joined by a new co-host, who is my special guest. And I am also the founder and editor of Hear Us Scream, uh, The Voices of Horror, which is a horror anthology series, the first one coming out in October, where basically all the different voices come together from horror and talk about their own personal experiences in the genre. It's really exciting. Very cool. Very cool. So you're no stranger to talking about movies. There's not so no. much horror <laughs> in the traditional sense in this film, although there are some, uh, you know, horrific moments for parents, probably, if you've got teenage kids. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, let's start with, like, personal experiences. You mentioned this is an iconic film, but do you remember the first time you saw Mean Girls and what your what your impression were, was at the time? I'm not too sure about the first time, but I remember watching it with my sister, and I think it went through a cycle, like we were watching it every weekend or a couple of times <laughs> a week in our house. Just because it was one of those films that we could watch, but my siblings, who weren't that much younger than us, could also watch and sure. probably not understand it, but it wasn't something that they weren't allowed to watch. So, yeah, it definitely got a lot of... It's got a lot of rewatch value. So I remember mm. I remember watching it a lot, and it's definitely one of those films when you have friends over and you can just chuck it on, and everybody knows it, and everyone can quote it, and yeah, oh, God, a lot. There you go. <laughs> it's very quotable, yeah. It is. <laughs> Do you remember how, like, roughly how old you were? Like, was this a film that you, like, related to because it was similar to your experiences? Oh, I was 15 when the movie came out. So mm. it was incredibly relatable. And yeah. I know that the film is quite, you know, a hyperbolic exploration of the high school experience. <laughs> but it... It is so relatable because you're just like, I was definitely the Janice Ian of my school. So the, <laughs> the weird emo kid. Yeah. And... I didn't want to assume, but that was my <laughs> inkling, you know. <laughs> but I wasn't, like, Janice Ian is also a mean girl. And I think it's really yes. cool that they explored this this whole concept. But yeah, oh, yeah, high school. Oh, gosh, that was a really long time ago, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was similar, at, like, a, probably a year ahead of you, turning 17 the year it came out. 
so seeing it as a 16 year old i think i was coming at it from like a perspective of like i know who Lindsay lohan is um I probably I don't know if I've seen any of her movies at this point because they'd all been like Disney Parent Trap and yeah. Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. But she she her name was big for some reason, um, and this was like boom like here she is, she's the next big thing. Um, this is like her coming out party to like the rest of of the world. She was still like seventeen when they filmed this, which yeah. is crazy. Um, and only just, you know, an adult as it was being promoted and released. So it really seemed like the world was her oyster and she was going to be like this huge star. And uh, yeah, it didn't really pan out for, for Lindsay, did it? No. <laughs> she had a bit of a Britney Spears moment not too long after this came out, mm. I, I, I think. And um, she was, I think her music career was trying to take off at that time. And Yeah, that was, it was that whole Ugh. thing. You had to do both at that point, it felt like. Oh, uh, yeah. But yeah, this is 2004. The next year she did Herbie Reloaded. Oh, and and I would struggle to name one of her movies since then, which is saying a lot considering this how big this movie was and how sure like how much of a sure thing she seemed to be. I guess it's just yeah. that 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 story, that tale as old as time of the child star that goes the wrong direction. Yeah. Far out. I'm thinking of Lindsay Lohan movies, and I'm like, mm, nope. Yeah, I mean that's that's interesting because you're like the horror movie guru, and I feel like she would have she would have done like quite a few horror movies. I reckon like that would have been oh, no her. Doubt. I reckon that would have been her wheelhouse as she was like on the the outs because they don't tend to get like the A listers. I guess you could say. Yeah, de- obviously depending who who's who and who knows what. But yeah. yeah, I don't even remember seeing her in any horror movies. I see I remember seeing like Paris Hilton in horror movies. Rachel McAdams, I'm pretty sure has been in okay. one or two. Amanda Seyfried is in like a gazillion horror movies. Yes, uh, she is. <laughs> Jennifer's Body, my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was looking through her like IMDb, and I kind of just assumed they were horror movies. To be honest, by the oh. sound, by the sound of the name. <laughs> There's like the there's one that's called like I know who killed me or something and it's like that sounds like a horror movie. Uh, oh, that sounds familiar. Was in 2007. Labor pains that could be anything I guess. Among <laughs> <laughs> Among the Shadows. That's a recent one. A supernatural horror thriller. Ooh. Uh, she also was in a scary movie sequel where she yes. was dating Charlie Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess that counts, kind of. Yeah, why not? <laughs> that would probably be the last one I remember. Yeah, and she was in Machete, which is a name... Like, that's a movie that I have heard what? of. It's a Robert Rodriguez movie. Oh, I know what Machete is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a fantastic movie. I don't remember seeing her. Yeah, she's like sixth or seventh down the list of, of actors wow. in that movie. So, yeah, I guess she was there with uh, the likes of Michelle Rodriguez, Jessica Alba... Danny Trejo and mm. Steven Seagal. So go back wow. and rewatch Machete and, and pause it when <laughs> Lindsay Lohan comes on the screen. Crazy. But as I said, yeah, she was 17. Amanda Seyfried, who, um, you know, you mentioned Jennifer's Body. She was 18. So it had a bit of an authentic cast in that sense. Like some of the actors yeah. did feel like they were still teenagers. Rachel McAdams, a bit older. Uh, she was 26. But man, she is so good in this movie and i i feel like this 
may have been her coming out party. Like it, it, we probably oh, went yeah. there thinking like this is the Lindsay Lohan vehicle, but really, it was Rachel McAdams because she'd done the hot chick with you know the um, oh, yeah. the Rob Schneider <laughs> movie a couple of years yeah. before this, and that was like her big like you know now people kind of know who she is, but this movie was like. She's, she's playing one of the greatest villains of all time. Like, it's yeah, no exaggeration absolutely. to say, especially for someone that doesn't actually physically hurt anyone. Like, she, just from an emotional bullying perspective, oh. like, that character <laughs> is written just so perfectly by Tina Fey, um, who, you know, is also a star of this movie, but we should note she wrote the whole thing and has been a big part of developing it for Broadway and musicals, which has happened recently. So... Yeah, really, just such a, a great movie. And as you said, I saw it uh, when I was a teenager. Pretty sure I went to it, uh, to, went to the movies with some of my friends, and it was probably a, a a different experience because most films that have the word girls in the title probably wouldn't be the ones that draw my eye and attention. But I think yeah. the, tra- the trailer for this would have been so funny, and uh, I, and so you know like you said so relevant because uh it's it's just like although i didn't go to a school where there were kids like this because it was a very small school and everyone got along well (laughs) i definitely knew people in the world like this and it was almost like i mean tina fey made this comment that adults find this movie funny because they're laughing along and it's um it's it, they're getting an insight into this other world and it was kind of like that for me especially being a guy and not being on the yeah. receiving end of the the girl version of bullying but then she said oh, young, girl bullying's yeah. horrible <laughs> she said that young people watch this like a reality show and it's like way too close to their real life experiences <laughs> it'd be a bit uncomfortable sometimes <laughs> Definitely, when I was watching this, well, even when I watch it now, I laugh because I'm just like, holy crap, I knew girls who wanted to be Regina George so bad. Yeah. They wanted to be her. They, And, you know, a lot of girls were getting, you know, fashion tips from, oh God, not that I would want to dress <laughs> like that. But I saw a lot of girls because I, I went to a performing arts high school. And so we were kind of considered another one of the private schools. So we'd get invited to all the private schools parties. And the girls that went to the all-girls school near me were all Regina George. (laughs) All of them. Oh, minus a few, obviously. Yeah, Mm. the plastics. And it's just like, wow, your parents can buy you that velour tracksuit? That is cool. (laughs) (laughs) My parents spend all my money on flute lessons. (laughs) Yeah, sounds like you were a, a bit of a mix between Katie and uh, Janice then. Oh, uh, yeah, Janice is iconic. <laughs> so good. But yeah, the, 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 the way that that character is written and, you know, all the characters in this are so well defined, but Regina's, like, even just the way that it, upon that first meeting she says, like, oh, so you think you're pretty. Like, you agree that you're pretty, do you? Like, it's just like, she's not even trying yeah. to be like that. It's just how she is and it's like, ugh. So see-through. And it's consistent throughout the <laughs> yeah. whole film. It's not like she changes that. No. She's just brutally honest. She is incredibly mean. <laughs> like, there's no better term to use than that. Mm. And But I think that that's great about how Tina Fey has written Regina George, to be that consistently awful character. Mm. Nothing changes about her. And to have that voiceover section where Katie says like even though she's her mortal enemy she's still trying to like impress her at the same time 
And I think, like, we probably all had, like, weird relationships like that at school where there was someone that was, like, maybe they didn't, like, flat-out bully you and steal your lunch money, but they were a little bit mean and, like, they they made, made a few remarks that didn't make you feel good. But instead of, like, you know, avoiding them, you kind of want to win them over. I think that's, like, a, a teenage yeah. thing to do. Even as adults, we probably still do it as well. So they really nailed that. Yeah, there were times where I, you know, and and girl relationships, like girl friendships, are very similar to this. Very close to this. That you can be so freaking mean to your girl best friend and <laughs> they'll still want to be your friend. And it's just unbelievable the um the horrible stuff that girls do to each other and then they still stay mates. It's as an adult, I don't do that now because I'm just like, okay, you can leave because uh, I don't do that. Uh, but as a teenager, yeah, my girlfriends could have said the most nastiest stuff to me and I'd still want them to love me and vice versa. I could have been horrible to them and they were probably like, oh, yeah, cat's fine. Don't worry about it. Mm. It's very resilient in a way. Yeah, and it's it's kind of uh, trippy to think back to high school or whatever and try and remember like specific conversations and be like, did I really say that or make that joke to that kid? Like, oh, and crap. everyone was just like, okay with it. And I'm just like, oh, I feel like they didn't even mind it as far as I know, but now I feel like terrible about it. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I threw a stool at a kid once in my, well. like, to, like in his direction. And now that I think about it, I was like, oh my God, I was horrible yeah he, like he i was thought, a bully <laughs> he probably thought it was funny at least and at um, some point no because he, no? <laughs> he had he had told me that he's gonna bring his dad's gun to school and shoot me because his dad's a cop okay and i was like you can't do that so i just picked up my stool and threw it at him but mm. <laughs> i digress <Yes>. i was <laughs> a bully everybody in a there's you know you've got your social hierarchies at school this movie explores that and mm. you know i think that that's one of the super relatable things yeah i can see janice throwing a stool at someone so <laughs> yeah or just <laughs> saying some really nasty stuff like you know talking about your mum's back hair <laughs> yeah <laughs> Right. So they filmed uh, this for $17 million and it made wow. 130 mil back, which is wow. great. It's not like a, a huge, like ridiculous um, meet the parents, meet the fuckers level of success. But I think for the, the budget, like being quite low, like, they would be pretty happy with that. And the cast was all kind of young stars or um, they were like SNL alumni, no one, there was no like massively huge names in this film at the time. Mm. Obviously, Rachel McAdams, Amy Poehler, like a lot of these people have gone on to be very successful. Lizzie but, Kaplan. Uh, yeah, Lizzie Kaplan's been probably, <laughs> you know, arguably one of the biggest stars to come out of the movie. But um, yeah, you can see that they wouldn't have had to pay their actors a ton. So they, they did make a lot of money. And uh, I want to know your guess here for the Rotten Tomatoes score. For this one. I'm going to say knowing Rotten Tomatoes, it's pretty low, so around a 62. Ooh, it's actually 84%. <gasps> Bull! No yeah. way! So the critics liked it, I guess. Oh, um, excellent. And you can kind of see, like, you know, for what teen movies were at the time, like your American Pies and, uh, yeah. you know, Superbad was like a few years after this, 
but they're Euro both trip. yeah Euro trip like road <laughs> trip like it's these very crude films and this was like they had to change some of the original jokes and gags and things like that to get it I don't know what the rating like PG-13 I guess in the US instead of like the, the R rating um, so they did water it down a little uh, but I think that makes it, like you said, something you could watch with a younger sibling and not be like, oh, fast-forwarding this scene and fast-forwarding yeah. that scene and here's the joke about pubes and here's the joke about, like, an STD or whatever. Like, it's not that kind of film, despite, yeah. like, the fact that it still feels very authentic to high school. <laughs> I like it. I, I think I did watch it with my younger siblings at one point because... um my middle sister, I have six siblings, so right. my middle sister, is, her birthday is actually October 3rd, so I was like, you have <laughs> to watch this day. movie, yeah. you're in it. <laughs> they mention your birthday. <laughs> that must have been a thrill. Oh, she would have been about, oh, when I was 15, she would have been 10, so she would have been like, I don't even care, why, why do you care about this? Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, I've got some... I like to pull a couple of comments from the reviews of the Ooh. day. So we've got Time Out, which I'm guessing is a magazine or a website. Yeah. And they say, uh, Tina Fey and Waters, the director, gently tweak the studio's usual high-gloss caricature of adolescence and aim for acutely hilarious and surprisingly empathic sociology. Some very, like... Uh, textbook kind of <laughs> way of summing up the movie but i think it's it's hit something there like it, it does di- like dive into like the psychology and the sociology of being a teenager and why do kids treat each other like this and yeah i think um all the while it's it's very funny like they, they just really did a great job of combining those things i think yeah, and Tina Fey is a fantastic writer, and I think she wrote a book around the same time as this. Uh, I wish uh, I could remember Bossy what Pants, it was called. Miss Bossy That's Pants. That's the one. Yeah. I think that was in 2011. I just was looking okay. that up before, yeah. Yeah, because um, I, I read that, and that's quite interesting as well. And Tina Fey just has this ability to communicate in a way that is funny and satirical and dark, and she really brought that in with Mean Girls. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Um, We've got a question here from our friend Simon Blackburn, who was originally going to be part of this (laughs) podcast, but had some parenting responsibilities he had to pull out. But we have solicited some questions from him for this episode. So this one here says, in the modern world of direct-to-streaming originals and the sheer volume of content, will we ever see a new teen-style rom-com have the lasting effect like Mean Girl does. I, I don't know if this is t- technically a rom-com. There is, I guess there is kind of a romance, but it's like the side, it's like the B or C plot really to this yeah. this movie. But the question's still valid. Um, and I don't know. I think that we will probably still have a cinematic release that does do well, like as well as Mean Girls. But he's right in that a lot of films like this are just getting released on Netflix or Amazon instead. Yeah. So it's it's going to take a bit longer probably. Yeah. What do you think? I think that because uh, production companies and distributors know their audience when it comes to these things, a lot is going to go straight to streaming because you're not you're not finding a lot of teenagers going to the film to the films. 
how old am I? Um, <laughs> actually, I went to the cinema on the weekend to see The Conjuring 3, and I almost threw my popcorn at some teenagers watching TikToks. So that's probably why they're not yes. at the cinema, and why they're not releasing teenage rom-coms at the cinema. <laughs> it's interesting how it's changed, though, because there was a time where they realised that the people that were going to the movies were teenagers, and they were going... Yeah more than once like they would go and then the next weekend they'd go again so they started to aim movies at that audience like american pie and the, the movies that we've, yeah. we've mentioned and i guess yeah streaming and the fact that i guess kids don't have to spend all of their allowance on the movie and the popcorn means that uh, they can just go around to each other's friends houses and and, just chuck it on yeah so it is yeah it is interesting how that's changing and uh uh, yeah it's 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 impossible to predict really but i think it's a it's a good point simon makes yeah and there isn't a lot of this style of social commentary on teenagers and high school dynamics that i can think of that's come out in the last couple of years yeah, Mindy Kaling had a cool little Netflix series. What was that one called? Uh, Never Have I Ever, which was about a, an Indian girl in high school. Like, that's kind of... Oh, that would have been interesting. Yeah, so it's a coming-of-age comedy. That's definitely worth checking out. We've got a new season releasing in about a month, so I'm sure it will pop up on your Netflix homepage soon and you'll hopefully remember this episode and give it a shot. Um, <laughs> also, um, they did a reboot of Save Saved by the Bell. Oh, no. I loved the original series, so I cannot mm. bring myself to watch the reboot. So that's... Uh, yeah, it's just really interesting that it seems it was this time period where there were a lot of films mm. in this kind of very niche genre of high school. And yeah, teenagers specifically. You're right, yeah. And, like, there's a bunch... Netflix really has stepped up, and I feel like there's a bunch of teen shows. There's, like, Everything Sucks, I'm Not Okay With This yeah. was an interesting one, The End of the Effing World, um, Sex Education. Like, there's a, a good bunch of teen comedy dramas that are, are hitting Netflix that I, I guess the concept of each of those things could have been a film if it was 20 years ago. Yeah, or 15 absolutely. years ago. Mm. Stop reminding me. (laughs) (laughs) We old, yeah. Um, Yeah. Just to make you feel even older, do you want to guess what the number one song was when this movie released in June 2004 on the Aria charts? You will not guess it. Oh, I didn't listen to Aria chart music. I was listening to Silverstein and Michael Michael Romance. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. (laughs) Well, what um, was it? It was F-U-R-B, F-U-Write-Back in brackets by frankie which was i guess like oh, a, i loved that song so you do know that song yeah, i was gonna i, do. I was gonna yeah. have to try to explain it to you but yeah no you remember it's all good. It. <laughs> i can't um, believe that was number one i, didn't I know think for, it ever for two weeks wow just prior to that was black betty's cover uh, sorry spider bait's cover of black betty Love for that song. a good few good few weeks and after frankie it was britney spears every time that song was so, horrible it was like a ballad, wasn't it? Or something. Yeah. yeah. I was like, Brittany, just... This isn't you, yeah. Just do Toxic over yeah. and over again. I just I want new, just a new one every uh, time. pre-Toxic Brittany, but she was trying different things. 
Uh, okay, so what have you done for me lately? We've got Rachel McAdams, as I mentioned, on Wedding Crashes episode a couple of weeks ago. She's just done that Eurovision movie with Will Ferrell. She's got the Doctor Strange sequel coming out in the next year or so. Uh, Lindsay Lohan, as we mentioned, you know, the career kind of dropped off. She has had a couple of this is her comeback projects. Yeah. But she's actually in bed with Netflix at the moment and they're working on a rom com about a woman who suffers amnesia following a skiing accident and finds herself also in the 50, care 50 first dates. Of a blue collar lodge owner. Um, so yeah, I thought of that too. It's I guess it's <laughs> it's a uh, it's a bit different to Fifty First Dates, but it's um it? it's an amnesia comedy, I guess is what you would call it. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get to the nitty gritty yeah. niche subgenre, it's amnesia comedy. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see how that goes. That's coming out next year, but Netflix has more hits than misses, I would say for the most part. So yeah. we'll, we'll we'll give it the benefit of the doubt till it comes out. Amanda Seyfried had the Dropout miniseries recently. Um, Tina Fey's kept working on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, her sitcom that she's, I guess she's like the producer and writer of. Yeah. That's also on Netflix <laughs> while we're plugging streaming services. I, <laughs> I don't know if I knew this. She was a voice in the Pixar movie Soul that came out last year. Yeah. I read that somewhere yeah, earlier I f- today. I forget what her role was, but I'm sure I noticed it when I watched it and just forgot. But uh, shout out to Tina Fey. Absolute legend of comedy in my books. And then Lizzie Kaplan, she's had a few seasons on a series called Truth Be Told. But um, hasn't really been a big movie star so much. She's had a lot of of good runs on TV shows, obviously. Uh, uh, Masters of Sex and True Blood, she was on there for a bit, as you know, with... Your podcast. Um, My Club Dead podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, and then like comedies, like she's, she, she was, I think, was she in Hot Tub Time Machine maybe? Like she was in like those types like of, yeah. of comedies, like as like the female lead because she's quirky and funny and hot as well. So she can kind of... She cracks me up. Do a bit of everything. Yeah. She's great. Okay. We're into the categories now, Kat. What's the most 2000s moment of... The very 2000s Mean Girls. Um, when Regina George's mum comes in <laughs> and she's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not a regular mum. I'm a cool mum. And I was just like, oh, I've been at friends' like houses and had parents come in <laughs> and try to do that kind of stuff where I'm just like, you're just making me really uncomfortable now. <laughs> like. Hilarious. You can be a regular mom. It's okay, yeah. It's okay. I wonder if uh, there was uh, yeah. such thing prior to the 2000s as, like, the cool mom. And I don't know if people would have been even concerned with it at <laughs> yeah, that point. Until this movie. Yeah. <laughs> but um, not only that, I just want to bring up the fact that it has um, set some of the most iconic fashion trends. Okay, um, let's hear it. F- for the 2000s. A lot of them would be... St- uh, spaghetti strap singlets and uh, plaid skirts right. and also like layering singlets on top of each other is that um, what the velour Katie was doing? yeah yes Katie Katie did a lot of that um and just oh god the hairstyles for that was mm. I just look at it and go oh that was my entire teenagehood <laughs> that was oh gosh 
I so didn't you do think any they, Janice Ian hairstyles. You think, so. <laughs> you think they captured that or they set the trend? I think they set the trend in that. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It um it was just yeah, that look, the whole movie is a two thousands moment. I don't know if anybody is, knows yeah. this, but <laughs> but yeah, I definitely love Regina George's mum. She cracks me up. She's just so funny. And her daughter doing like the dance moves that are like way too like uh, vulgar for a child to be imitating. <laughs> Look, the the sexualization of Regina George and her sister is a little concerning, but it was. Uh, I guess it was one of the first periods where the music videos started to get so explicit and so yeah, um, like easy for kids to just watch, <laughs> and the parent doesn't seem to notice or care. At the same time, my parent doesn't sit down and watch it, so yeah. they're like, "Oh, I don't. Oh, it's fine. It's just a music video. It's a song about but a milkshake. What's wrong with that? Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, milk that milkshake song. Ah, <laughs> oh, I love milkshakes. <laughs> yeah, you love milkshakes. We always get milkshakes. Uh, <laughs> I had some similar, like similar part of the movie when they go to Regina's bedroom and she's like, "Put it on ninety eight point eight, and it's like. That takes me back, like when people actually cared about the radio yeah. stations and oh, like yeah. knew what they were. Whereas now I'm like, uh, just press like the sideways button on my car radio until it gets to the station that I want I it want. to get to. Uh, but um, also like those... Spotify. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Were you one of those <laughs> kids that would sit and listen to the radio and record the songs that you wanted to have on your tape so you could play it in the car? I, I, my brother was one of those people and like oh, I was, was just me. like I was just like a couple of years younger so the point that I got to like year seven which was when I probably started caring about music was like the Napster generation so I kind of skipped yeah. the taping off the radio era I but I benefited from it because <laughs> I had friends that would do it and give me the yeah, tapes so. that's cool <laughs> yeah or that, that or, CDs yeah yeah or like you have the CD stereo but if you like press record on the cassette you can record the cd to the cassette tape oh god i didn't go that far yeah so if you if you if your friend had the cd or even the tape you could duplicate the tape so you can yeah. like make a mixtape out of a cd by flicking you know switching the cds out and doing all kinds of crazy stuff oh, like that that's, that's how too we much used, commitment that's how me. we used to do it back then the, the mixtapes <laughs> you know it's not just a a rap Bring back thing. Mixtapes. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the same. Like a Spotify playlist doesn't have the same uh, no. tactile feel to it. But yeah, other than, the same. other than that, uh, the three way and four way phone calls were very yes. high school for me. <laughs> I used to do three way phone calls with my friends quite often. I don't think we ever like pranked each other or like got them to talk <laughs> about the other person when they thought that they were alone so that's uh top level like bullying uh, yeah. in this movie <laughs> it is it's really gross but yeah i yet yeah, i didn't even that didn't even click but yeah i was a three-way chatter um mm. every day after school i'd get home i'd be on the phone to my two best friends and my mum would be like you literally just saw them <laughs> like i only lived so down true. the road from my school and so my mum's like you've been without them for 30 minutes I was yeah. like, don't worry, Mum. We've got heaps to talk about now. <laughs> yeah, we had we were learning all day. Like, we couldn't talk about this at school. <laughs> I couldn't talk about how much I had a crush on the kid that looked like Harry Potter. <laughs> Is that a true story? Yes. Um... <laughs> story for another day, for another podcast. Yeah. 
Yeah. The the other thing I wrote down was there was a couple of references that I just had to mention. One was um, Ashton Kutcher got a shout out yes. for, for some reason, and then in like Kevin's rap song in the pa- uh, school pageant, he mentioned Shaggy and like it was it wasn't me. <laughs> like he he just referenced that that sh- that track. And like, yeah, you, you can't make that reference now unless it's to our age group because no one else would understand they wouldn't it, get or, it or remember it. Yeah. So that's, oh, that's what gosh. I had. <laughs> yeah, I had the soundtrack was super 2000s as well. Like they had Missy Elliott pa- pass that yeah. Dutch and I pink. loved that song. Pink. Oh my Early gosh. pink, like when she had pink hair, pink. She actually had pink hair, pink. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember the sound, like I remember the video clip for that particular song as well god is a um, dj yeah mm. oh god I, I miss the 2000s can we go back mm. that's what this podcast is all about <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because like a lot of the shows we do like like for example we just did wedding crashes like that could take place anytime but when it's a high school movie they are the ones that date the movie the most because kids are so in with what's fashionable and what's of that time they're not stuck yeah. in like their childhood from 20 years ago or whatever it might be no that film's just got me stuck in my childhood from yeah. <laughs> 17 years ago <laughs> <laughs> all right so what did you have for the most iconic scene of course it's damien's she doesn't even go <laughs> because now it is just this all-purpose you can just use it for anything you can, absolutely yeah. anything uh, a guy at work used it the other day, and I was just like, "Yes, <laughs> yeah." But um, it's a I great line. It. There's so many great lines in this movie. Like, if this question oh. was like greatest line, like we could just be here all day quoting it because it's we just could so read many. the script. We could we just read the script. <laughs> you, can't, you can't go wrong. Um, yeah, the the scene where everyone's like doing their apologies and and. <laughs> Doing the faith, the trust falls. Yeah, that, that's yeah. that's very memorable. When it comes to most iconic for me, <clears throat> the I'm a sucker for musical moments. Every time there's like a musical montage or a performance, like it's it's hard not to think of the Christmas pageant that that <laughs> <laughs> like Jingle Bell Rock. You know, just like and and Neil Flynn who plays um who plays Katie's father, like Lindsay Lohan's character's father. His reaction when she when they do like the thigh slap, like he's just like it, the camera lingers on him for like a little bit longer because he's just his reaction's so perfect. And uh, you've got Amy Poehler, like Regina's mum, doing the moves in the audience while she's filming on her camcorder. Another very two thousands oh, um, thing. It. It's yeah, that that's pretty iconic. But uh, also the the four way phone call when. Uh, Katie's in on it and she's getting Regina to badmouth her friends like um oh sorry no not that one the one <laughs> the one that ends in boo you whore um that yeah. one is hilarious uh, I love that and for some reason when I was watching that that felt like a scene that I think of for this movie oh yeah yeah I just think of anything with Amanda Seyfried because she has to be one of my favorite actresses like I've loved everything she's ever done and she does a lot of like horror and thriller films and i think that that's why i've really enjoyed her journey through um through her career uh but when she's uh the the school journalist and she's like there's a 36 percent chance that it's already raining (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
Like, I just, oh, God. she And then when she puts the K on back to front, like, her oh, moments yes. are looks, so good. She looks down at it. She's like, yep. Uh, she just cracks me up. She, plays she's, that, she fully leans yeah, into it. She plays that dumb, blonde character that could be really cliche, but she just, for some reason, it just feels so real and not over yeah. the top. <laughs> and I, I think it's... Like, we know how smart she is, so I think that yeah. it, it just works. And in a similar way, like, from by all accounts, Rachel McAdams is, like, a super nice person. So her yeah. playing Regina George is against type for, for who she is. And I think those decisions, the casting is, yeah, so good in this film. Uh, yeah, I love, there's this one scene with Karen and Regina, and... Karen's like, do you want to go to Taco Bell? And she's like, gosh, Karen, you're so stupid. Yeah, because she's, cause she's like, I have to eat carbs. And it's like, she doesn't know what carbs are, does she? They're, they're 15. They don't know what carbs are. They have no idea. And I love that there's, so, there's just so much of this whole, they're trying to be so much older than what they are, but it's just showing how childlike they really yeah. are. And it's just, that's funny to me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, what holds up the best? Um, I'm going to get really deep with this. Okay. Uh, the I discussion like that is centralised around bullying. Because um, I think that's really important. Um, it's something, you know, that we, we've either seen or experienced or observed, you know, with people that we know or people in other grades while we were at high school. And I think it's just really important that these discussions continue and show us how bad things can really get for people. Mm. And, and that's, that's, I don't know, it's just really interesting. And even though it's explored through... Uh, this satirical comedy that Tina Fey has constructed, it's just a really... The central theme of it all is mm. just... Um, I'm really glad that they, they did that. Yeah, and they don't really dwell too much on, like, the deep emotional effects of someone who's been bullied. Like, they don't have someone say, like, my whole life's been ruined and, like, I'm, like suicide. Like, they don't, like, go deep into like the dark yeah. side of it it's more it's kind of it's a kind of surface level like everyone's um affected by it and yeah. the whole school's like ripping each other apart in that one chaotic scene because yeah. of, of all, all the bullying that's happened through this burn book but the moment where Regina's trying to say like you know can i leave because i haven't done anything and <laughs> and, and and tina Fey's character's like okay Hands up, who has personally felt bullied or, like, victimised by Regina George and every single person puts their hand up. Like, that's such a baller move. The teacher that's just like, me too. And Tim Meadows, like, the principal even, he's like, yep. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Yeah, so And I think it's just really, that's kind of something that transcends all age groups. It doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. for specific target markets it's something that we can all reflect on and be like oh that's really crap and sometimes that kind of bullying does happen like it's very overt Mm. when you think about it it's um that's really bad and i think the focus on the females in this movie also makes it notable because there's been a million movies about guys bullying each other and like yeah you know uh, stuffing kids into lockers and wedgies and all you know all the tropes that you get with with teen movies and the, the revenge of the nerds or whatever 
But getting this look at how teenage girls bully each other through lies and gossip yeah, and manipulation. manipulation and the Ugh. way that they separate like they actually i noticed this time for the first time they separate the girls from the boys when they put them in the gymnasium and talk about this issue that's happening in the school and it, it almost is like the guys have nothing to do with it like they aren't caught up in all the um the gossip and everything that like they're not in the burn book i guess um yeah it's just the girl thing. And it's like Tina Fey is almost speaking to just like women in society and being like, why do you tear each other down? Like, why yeah. are we competing with each other? We should be, you know, put, put your feminist hat on and work together. We've got enough going up against us as it is that we're attacking each other and trying to make ourselves feel better. And it, you see yeah. it like now, like, we're oh, yeah. both in like the you know we're both on Twitter. You see like streamers and you see influencers and you see people <sighs> trying to work their way up in these different areas and like I'm sure that it like it it just feels like high school sometimes as a observer from a distance. Like I'm not in that world really. I just kind of walk around the outskirts and it just seems like for some people nothing has really changed. Unfortunately, absolutely not. And and. This is like a universal experience and I don't think it matters what age you are or what industry you're in or what your hobbies are, but you're going yes. to encounter situations like this where people don't want the best for you and they're going to tread on you no matter what to get there. And um, there's a concept called internalised misogyny and this film definitely explores that through their girl-on-girl -girl hate where it's just like, I need to sh on you to better myself to to feel good about myself or um you're horrible and you dress like this so then you're a slut and you're a whore and it's just perpetuating this sexism and misogyny um mm. and it's like the women of the wheelhouse for it a lot of the time and it's just like stop yeah. <laughs> like you're making it okay <laughs> for others to treat women like this yeah she kind of says that doesn't she she's like um yeah you know it, it when you talk like this it makes it, it feel okay for guys to call you those names as yeah. well and a great example is when they're at the mall and they see um what's the character's name they see uh, gretchen's boyfriend i guess or the guy that oh, she's hooking jason. up with yeah yes <laughs> with another girl and instead of confronting jason which would be like the normal thing to do yeah. regina calls that girl's mum and makes up this hilarious um, lie about like a Planned Parenthood appointment that makes her mum freak out and it's attacking the woman instead of the guy that's cheating on her. Yeah, and, and she probably doesn't have anything to do with it. Yeah, and like she probably doesn't even know that he's with Gretchen or that they've got some yeah. kind of like history. So that's a, a really good example of that, I think. And that's quite common that... Girls will go after the girl because they're an easier target than having to admit that the boy did something wrong and potentially lose the interest mm. of that guy. And yes. I've been there as a teenager, trust me. <laughs> I've been there, done that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we're talking about what holds up the best. The thing that I wrote down was the script just in general, like so solid. There's foreshadowing from the very beginning of the movie to the end. You've got the motifs with like the... The animals, like they're tearing each other apart at the at the 
you know, at the school when they finally read the bird book, but that's been foreshadowed at the mall when they're at the watering hole and then in the cafeteria (laughs) when they're all acting like animals. And on top of that, you've got like, I noticed this time, especially multiple sequences that foreshadow the bus hitting Regina. Oh, really? The first time that she goes to school, the bus almost hits Katie. That's at like the very start of the movie as she's about to step onto the road and it's like, oh, welcome to suburbia or whatever. And then she says that like when she sees Aaron for the first time, it's like getting hit by a big yellow bus because she just falls Ah. for him so hard. So, you know, quite clever how they worked that in there. And that's just an example, I think, of of how much care Tina Fey put into this script. On top Mm. of that, I think the characters all have a lot of depth. Um, We've talked about uh, a few of them already, but seeing, for example, Gretchen, who is just constantly trying to impress her best friend, Regina, and there's just this really obvious insecurity that she has that she always needs to impress her. And she's the rich kid and she's like got something to prove. And then like Lizzie Kaplan's character, Janice, obviously there's like the history that she has with Regina, which is explored more and more as the movie goes on. And like, it all goes back to an experience that they had when they were kids that was really negative and kind of, it seems to be like the catalyst for making Janice as alternative and edgy as she is. So I just feel like that they put so much thought into that. You look at a character like Kevin, the Indian mathlete, Usually when you talk about a comedy with an Indian mathlete, you're thinking, okay, they're going to have a stupid, like over-exaggerated Indian accent. They're basically going to be like a Big Bang Theory kind of take on the Indian student in America. Uh, Not that it's stupid to have an accent if you do have one. That's not my point. I guess it's the stereotype that we're talking about. (laughs) But he's just just an American kid. Like he's rapping and he's like every other person albeit his rapping's a bit <laughs> yikes but yeah but for he's... a 15 year old <laughs> right but he's like into american culture and he's yeah. he's like kind of like trying to be kind of smooth and he's got like lines and he's hitting on girls and he's not like awkward <laughs> and nerdy in the way that you would kind of expect someone that's like the head of the math team to be and he's also indian yeah. so i think like that stands out for the time that it didn't dive into the stereotypes in, in a way that a lot of movies could. Like, there's no jokes about him, like, that no one calls him Apu or says anything about, like, 7-Eleven. Like, yeah. the easy humour that people would normally go for in this kind of movie, I feel like. That really lowbrow. Exactly, yeah. And I mentioned Big Bang Theory. That's a good example of the other side of that, which happened yeah. for years and years and years and years. From, from what Ugh. I understand, I never watched it after the first season or so. Fair enough. I also noted that this, the thing that holds up about this is the universe, uh, universality of the teenage high school experience. That Those dynamics, um, the teacher-student dynamic with Tina Fey's character and her students mm-hmm. and how she maintains that professionalism even outside of the classroom where she's like, yes, teachers do have lives. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, oh, I get that. Because I've seen teachers in public and been like, they exist outside of school. What? And she's working and like like a, that. a bar and stuff as well. Yeah, she's got three jobs. And I was like, isn't that a critique of how well uh, the US system pays their teachers? Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. So yeah, I guess there's a lot that holds up well, and we could talk about like how the movie's been made and everything for so long. But yeah, I think we've nailed it with like the message of the movie, and um, I guess just how well it, it's been put together. Um, what holds up the worst, on the other hand? Uh, I'm sure we've both got a couple of things here, but you probably have more than me. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I was just like, okay, well, I've got to get critical on a few things that bother me about this film. Um, the cafeteria scene, I hate. Which one's that? Um, when Caddy first starts a school at school and she's uh, been and introduced then, to yep. the different groups. Okay, I think I know where you're going. <laughs> yep, so they, uh, they're panning around the cafeteria looking at different groups. Um, we have the unfriendly black hotties. The trope, <laughs> you know, that black people are aggressive. So super, super unnecessary microaggression that did not need to be in there. Even in for 2004, I don't think it would have been... That appropriate? I don't. I don't. They could have literally left this scene out. In yeah. my opinion, because it shows how they've actually split up each of these groups, and that's not a reflection of American schools at all. I don't think, even with Australian schools. Hmm. Um. So we also have um, uh, the 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 girls who eat their feelings and the ones who <laughs> eat nothing at all, and I was like, cool. So we're making fun of eating disorders now. Oh, and these are just big yikes moments for me as an adult, where I'm just like, oh, I know the, co- I know that this is the context. It's 2004. I can watch it, but if they did that now, big no no, like not okay. Mm. Um, they also pan to a group of disabled students and labeled them the desperate wannabes. That was the one that I was the most. That stood out the most to me. Because I think one of them is a little person. One of them's in a wheelchair. Yeah. I don't know if they were all disabled. Um, but, and that, that strikes me as like, was that like the casting director that decided that? Or was that in Tina Fey's script for them to be uh, yeah, weird looking or something? Like, yeah. To be the outsiders the others kind yeah, of yeah like how do you define it? yeah you're right you, they could have just skipped that table altogether definitely they could have just skipped this whole scene <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but there's like I a mean, couple it, like um i will say like the scene itself is, is relevant because it's like the plastics have their table yes and we can't sit there we sit over here but they could have yeah. done it without labeling labeling yeah but, you know like every every teen movie seems to have a scene like this like 10 things i hate about you which i watched yeah, um, with simon true. last year has a scene was like there's the scar kids that listen to scar music and there's like the white kids who think they're black or whatever and, <laughs> but i mean um, i'm sure a lot of american schools have those yeah and like it was fu- it was it probably handled better than this movie because it didn't yeah. have the the negative things and i think if they just kept yeah. it positive um, like there's the jocks, there's the preps, there's the you know the the, the musicians, the yeah. art kids. Like every school has those stereotypical kids because mm. that's just what their hobbies are. We had a corner at our school where everyone played soccer. <laughs> like yeah, we also had a spot where the musicians hung out in my year and where the dancers hung out and the drama kids hung out somewhere else. Like we had all of that, but there was no. Yeah, it wouldn't have been like, oh, these, uh, you know, um, uh, like they even pan over to like an Asian group of girls who, oh, yeah. uh, like it was like the hot Asians, was it? it? Yeah, then, the like, hot Asians. 
And then there was another group that was like... The nerds. The, the Asian nerds or something, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, yeah. I Like, I love <laughs> this movie and I love the characters. It just seems like this where I'm just like, context. Context, context, context. I don't know if 2004 this would have even been contextual. That's just... I don't remember watching it in 2004, this particular scene. Mm. Mm. It might not have meant much to me in 2004, but now it means something to me where I'm just like, ooh, yikes. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. Like, we're not obviously American teenagers, and we weren't American teenagers when we were teenagers. So we don't know exactly, like, maybe this is somewhat uh, accurate. I guess Tina Fey would Mm. have a better idea than us. But regardless... Whether it was true to whatever, like, it, it definitely wouldn't... I think Tina Fey probably would would agree that it probably would be a bit different now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and because Tina Fey is constantly developing the things that she believes... Well, we all do. We all change what we believe in and what we include in our work. We have to it's... see the uh, the Mean Girls musical to see whether the scene has been changed, really. That's, well, that's the best sign I would have. watch that. <laughs> yeah. They are making a movie out of yes. the musical. So oh, we... no. Yeah. I love musicals, though. So I guess that's not too bad. Um, yeah. I have so many things on this list. <laughs> All right. Let's keep going. What else do you have? Um, that the coach is a massive sexual predator making out with underage students. And there's yeah. no repercussions. Well, I'll push back a little bit on this one because he does flee the scene and the police are involved because... When, oh, okay. Because, I can't remember that bit. So, so what happens is the, the principal comes in and says, because the allegations against the coach were true, we have to investigate the drug okay. accusations. So I guess that he's being dealt with. <laughs> okay, because I was just like... Because the, the way I think that the film is filmed the exposition doesn't come till later and so sometimes you'll remember one part and be like did what did something happen from that but okay yeah it's it's very um uncool but um you know i'm okay with uncool things happening as long as it's like meant to be uncool (laughs) that makes sense like and something, something that you might have on your list here is something i wrote down where uh regina's talking about uh, the the what happened with Janice, right? The why are you so obsessed with me, and that she couldn't invite a lesbian to her party because people are going to be in their swimsuits, and like she, in the same spiel, she drops like a retarded line, and oh, oh, I'm like, just like, oh. I don't know if I don't know if saying retarded in 2004 was meant to be the way that we take it now, but the rest of what she says, oh, it definitely was. Like it was an in. Oh, no, actually, no. I don't I think, think you're it right. was quite. Yeah. I don't think. I think it was. I think people were starting to say maybe don't say that, but it was still don't like <laughs> it was a bit like it. It hadn't got to the point now where you pretty much can't say it. Um, yeah. Well, not can't. You shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. But the whole the whole like part about her being like I can't invite you to my party. I think it's like when she said when she says that you're supposed to be thinking this is showing how Regina's a terrible person like yeah there's a lot of explicit yeah. homophobia in this film yeah and I have to say but, I guess what I'm saying is it's okay for it to be in the film because it's there to show that she's a bad is a terrible person, person. Yeah. yeah yeah and and that kind of um you know that has to be attributed to, to characters I don't think that 
you know, ableist slurs need to be added to show that people are a bad person, just because I really hate that word more mm. than anything. Well, not more than anything, but um, <laughs> I have a younger brother on the autism spectrum, and yeah. that is something that he actually had teachers call him at school. Oh, no. So it's like one of those words where I'm just like, Fire. oh, I hate that word. It's so mean. Um, yeah. I wrote about Damien having no boundaries and just hanging oh. out in the girls' bathroom. That <laughs> I was, was like, I was curious what? about that. Like, <laughs> that was weird because he's this huge dude. Like, he's like six foot something and yeah. he runs at this... The girl that's brave enough to say, what are you doing in here? He, like, runs at her, calls her Danny DeVito and, yeah. like, puts his arms out like he's going to grab her. And it's innocent enough. But now I just feel like... Like no, like get out you, of the bathroom. You can't do that. <laughs> doesn't but matter. This if, whole, um, it doesn't matter if you're gay. Like you're you can't gay. be yeah. in the women's bathroom when people aren't comfortable with you. Like chasing them out of there. <laughs> yeah, you're 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 not a female. You don't identify as a female. Like just because you're gay and you're not going to, uh, you know, sexually touch a woman doesn't mean that you shouldn't be in that space. Like, it's, it's like, you know, um, there was conversations ages ago about, well, not ages ago, recently, about um, women talking about their experiences with their gay friends touching them. Right. And that for a long time, you know, when I was in my early 20s, I thought it was just acceptable and appropriate that gay men would touch my boobs. And it's totally not. Like, mm. And so I kind of like, when I see this kind of stuff, I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> like, that's not okay. And yeah, he just has no freaking boundaries. Like, I yeah. love Damien most of the time because he, like... I know that he's the token gay character, but I have a lot of friends who are, like, like that. And they're not even necessarily gay friends. Mm. I, I just what... have friends that embody <laughs> his humour. What's interesting about him and the way he's written is that he's not a stereotype. Like, he's this big dude. Like, he's... Yeah. He's not, like... Um, like, he's not, like, the Will and Grace style character exactly he's not like over the top like in 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 that sense he's uh they say he's too gay to function but i i I don't don't look at him and think of him in the being written in this in the tradition of like teenage movie uh gay characters it might just be like the the casting choice to go with someone who's physically a bigger person um Mm. and i think that (laughs) <laughs> it, it is almost his size that makes him so intimidating when he's chasing that yeah. woman in, in the bathroom and it's just like yeah. it, it just hit me I was just like well I, I, that, that woman that he's chasing out of the, the girl's bathroom would potentially be traumatised yeah <laughs> like she doesn't know who he him is or, or like what he's why, doing there yeah, or what his intentions are it's, it's, it's a bit weird it is a weird scene. And it's yeah. just like, okay, I'd get it if the bathrooms are like unisex or something, but I highly doubt that's going to be a thing in a high school. No. She tells him, like, what are you, you can't be in here. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just a, yeah. Damn it, Damien. What, what else have you got? <laughs> um, uh, the last one I have is Kevin's 
horrifically sexist rap scene. (laughs) (laughs) Though it is funny in context, because he does make a lot of references to things that we, we, our generation, know. Mm -hmm. I'm also like, you're 15. Like, (laughs) what? Yeah. No. But then there's also like a double standard where the school cuts him off, but then lets the girls do their really sexualized dance to Jingle Bell Rock. And I'm just like, you let one get cut off, but you let the other go ahead. I'm confused. Yeah. I think the humor in that is meant to come from like, it's so not what you expect him to be rapping about. And it's, uh, you know, it's obviously, it's the kind of music he listens to and he's talking himself up like he's this, like, player, but he's clearly just a nerdy Indian kid that's, uh, you know, tr- you know, a lot of bravado, you know, trying yeah. to pump up his own tires. Um, yeah, that's, um, I-, I think it's funny. I, I know that it's, it- it's-, it's funny because it's just so over the top and that's kind of what makes it work. Um, yeah, you wouldn't, you just wouldn't for get- me... You wouldn't do it now. No. Uh, I think that they, the joke might be the same. You wouldn't do it in real life, is what I would say. Oh, yeah. That, you, would yeah do it no. a, you would do it. In, you can get away with that in a comedy, I think. Uh, the the things that I wrote down for this weren't as deep as what you had, although I've, been, I've enjoyed talking about them. Something that holds up the worst, the bus driver. Like, Regina was standing on the road for ages. <laughs> Sometimes in these movies, when people get hit by a bus, they just step out onto the road just as the it thing comes. comes. But yeah. she was standing on the road for ages. Katie was right there talking to her as well. And somehow no one saw the bus, but the bus didn't see her either. So that's kind of like me poking holes. Uh, and also, yep, I the, agree. Bu- the bus driver also, as I mentioned before, almost hit uh, Katie at the start of the movie. So... Often, it seems, he's flying through this school <laughs> in going like, you know, 50 kilometers an hour. And then at the very end, when you have the, the junior plastics, uh, and it's it's kind of a fantasy that they get hit by the bus. But presumably, yeah. he's driving past really fast. Again, <laughs> him again. <laughs> has not learned their lesson about how to drive outside of the school. Uh, <laughs> Why does he have a license? Someone take that off yeah. that man. Does, or woman, but yeah. Oh, whoever, the bus driver, whoever's driving. <laughs> uh, the um, other one that I wrote while I'm nitpicking here is that Katie couldn't... I feel like Katie couldn't have written the burn book because she hadn't been at the school for long enough to know yeah. everyone. But also, couldn't they just match the handwriting to Regina? If Look, they're not her? forensic linguistics, okay? <laughs> they <laughs> they're brought, not trying to find the Unabomber uh, here. They brought the cops in. They did bring the cops in <laughs> to, uh, to assess the... <laughs> the, the rumors whether they were true or not about uh, the, the the drug pusher. So, I feel like it's within reason to question <laughs> to question the legitimacy of the accusations of who actually yeah. wrote the burn book. I feel like you know we should have worked the case. If I was the principal, I would say, "You say it's Regina. Let's look at one of her test papers. It's clearly the same handwriting. Case closed. Bam. Done. Case solved." Yeah. All right. Who would be the most offended by this movie now? I think you've probably covered a bit of that or all of that. Yeah. I just want to make a mention that whilst this film does have a really nice level of like feminism, uh, it's ultimately 2004 feminism and it's also white feminism in 2004. Mm. So when you look at the cast, it's not very diverse at all. No. 
Which no, is not. contextual for 2004. So, yeah, um, look, just... I, I, and I do, and I did. I stand by this as a very um, important, you know, message about bullying and girls and girl power, even. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of people would be offended. It's a little, a little bit racist. <laughs> there are some racist connotations in this, and a little bit of ableism happening. The stereotypes for those people, yeah, that that's a. I'd find that offensive. Me, as, you know, a, a white person, I am slightly offended. <laughs> I'm not facing the prejudice, so. Yeah, that's okay. But, yeah. like, like we've said, contextual. Contextual sure. lens. Yeah, I think you've made a good point about, like, the diversity. Like, I guess when you look at the, the students who get lines in the movie, you could easily say, oh, there's Asians and there's black people. But Tim Meadows, the principal's the only like black character that seems to have any dialogue um yeah you've got the indian ca- character in kevin i guess which is great but other than that yeah it is very white although i'm confused about gretchen's character she, I, she says at one point about like a bar mitzvah or about, she is jewish yeah, yeah. but then at the yeah. end of the movie is she speaking like to the asians in like an asian dialect I, I'm not too sure what she is speaking. They're meant to be Vietnamese, Trang Pak, and right. um, so I she's, can't remember the other character's name. I wasn't yeah. sure if they were saying like she's half Asian and she's embracing that side of her personality, of her like... Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, you know I'm what not I mean? too sure. It's yeah. a, it was a weird way, because like, they do the whole like, here's where everyone went after the incident. Yeah. Like Regina's on the lacrosse team and da 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 And she was with the Vietnamese characters and I, I was just like... If, if all the Vietnamese, like, as we know from the cafeteria scene, if all the Vietnamese characters hang out together, what does that mean that she's there too? Uh, that, that bit confused me. Yeah. I wasn't yeah, sure. Yeah, it was a little bit confusing, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, um, maybe she's half Vietnamese. I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll find out one nice day. Nice <laughs> for that little bit of information. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we missed something. Um, I'll, yeah. ask, I'll ask Tina Fey one day. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, does Mean Girls pass the internet relevancy test via memes oh, and gifs? And yes, please. more than like more than almost <laughs> anything ever. This is I took this from the actual Wikipedia page for this movie. Ooh, it says okay. the film has become a pop culture phenomenon. Fans have made gifs and, or gifs and memes of the film and posted them on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. So when Wikipedia is telling you that it's become a meme, then it really has because everything has become a meme. But Wikipedia is noting it with references, uh, for references to that one. And then it says it is considered one of the most quotable movies of all time. So we don't need Wikipedia to tell us that. It's just kind of drilling at home and... Seriously, like, when you've got, like, Obama tweeting out, like, his, his dog saying, like, stop trying to make fetch happen. Yeah. And, you know, like you just said, someone at work said uh, she doesn't even go here. And, like, Mariah Carey has a song called, like, Obsessed or something. And it's a reference to the line from Regina. It's just on and on and on, and it really has just struck such a chord with... Oh, yeah. Beyond the demographic it's conveying in the film. Absolutely, and I think that people don't even need to have watched the film to enjoy the meme culture that's come out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like honestly, can you think of an October third where you haven't seen an Aaron Samuels and Katie Heron interaction of Do you know what day it is? Yeah, it's Mean Girls Day. I just it's watched. I just watched a um a Mean Girls reunion video before this podcast, which was you know last year during the pandemic, how everyone had like Zoom oh, yeah. reunions. Basically, <laughs> they got the cast all together and. Uh, Lindsay Lohan was like, I was in New York and someone came up to me and said, did you know it's Mean Girls Day today? She's like, what are you talking about? So it was October 3rd and she didn't realize oh. it, it had become this huge thing. Wow. <laughs> and uh, so Rachel cool. McAdams says people often will talk to her specifically about like the food where they'll say like, does butter have carbs in it and stuff like that. Is so, butter a carb? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty cool. Ariana Grande even went and uh, reenacted Mean Girls for her video, Thank You, Next, in 2019. So, I mean, like, if you've got people like Mariah Carey and Ariana Grande putting that into their own work, Mm. like, that's beyond internet relevancy. That's just something else. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, and the fact that it's had a musical made about it that's, from all accounts, quite good and i know i mentioned tina fey was involved with it so you wouldn't expect anything less uh i think that it's just it's just super relevant like it's just i mean i feel like ethan recently i've seen the the meme of the line i mentioned before where regina says so you agree that you're good looking like it's a variation of that that people post and that's only like i've just seen that become a thing in the last like six months or so like as as something that's actually a meme in the sense that it's getting spread and used a lot, I guess. Yeah. So that's and, cool. and that's just like a throwaway line, essentially. It's not like a super memorable section of the film. It's just a quote. <laughs> yeah, I, I can think... literally use gifts from this film for nearly every emotion that I have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So that's a huge giant tick. The next question. Oh yeah. The next question is a fun one for this. Um, yeah. How would how would modern smartphones and social media change this movie? And I'm imagining the musical is probably set in the modern day, so I'm really curious to see how it's adapted to to keep it relevant. Because man, there will be so much social me- media bullying happening in a modern oh, yeah. version of Mean Girls. Well, I was actually reading an article about the musical, and they do. They did, you know, touch on how they're going to bring in the social media context for it all. So, I'm, yeah, I'm really interested to see how they're managing to converge this, you know, 2004 concept in with all these social media developments. Because cyberbullying, even from when we were about 15, was a thing. Hmm. Yeah, well, I don't, it's, it's not touched I on think. in this movie. Like, no, it, it, I guess maybe because it's written by Tina Fey and she wasn't there. <laughs> It doesn't yeah. really delve into the fact that, you know, a lot of these kids would have had phones at this point. And you see a couple of mobile phones in the movie, but they're not used, like, much. They're just kind yeah. of props. Um, but, yeah, there would be so much people looking at their phones instead of making eye contact with each other. 
It's the, just everyone on their phones. That's yeah. it. <laughs> the cafeteria is just everyone on their phones. Yeah. <laughs> so I've written here, there would be a lot of interesting developments. So instead of the burn book being physical, it would be an oh, online yes. blog. It would. I.e. Tumblr or like, I don't know what kids are using now. I definitely had a Tumblr. <laughs> like a private Reddit or something? Is that a thing? Or like a Discord? Uh, maybe, be a, maybe a Discord. Oh, Discord would be horrible. <laughs> Gosh. Um, followers being a testament to your popularity. Mm. Yes, Regina's got 10,000 Instagram followers. It's crazy how many followers kids have. Like, Oh, God. I've got, like, I'm not, I won't talk about specifics, actually. But, you know, I know younger people that have either been in high school recently or just come out, and they have so many more followers than, like, influencers or people that I know that create content. Wow. Because, like, they just, like, every single person at their school probably follows them because that's just what kids do you know yeah hey that kid's in year 12 at my school i'm gonna follow them yeah exactly and oh that's that kid's at the other school from across town and you know they're kind of hot so i'm gonna follow them and it doesn't really work like that as adults (laughs) i feel like (laughs) like most most normal adults have like a couple hundred instagram followers (laughs) I don't even know how many I or have. Or they have private accounts because they realise it's yep. not cool to have like random people looking at all your photos. <laughs> oh, yeah, I recently had that happen. Um, my brother is seeing a new girl and she liked a photo that I had tagged of him for his birthday. Right. And I was just like, excuse me? <laughs> I don't know you. And I am way too old to be impressed by this. This is how you impress me the least. And I'm the eldest sister. Let's not muck around. <laughs> Get off my Instagram. <laughs> oh, um, influencers. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Them I'm, being influencers or them having influencers. I'm trying to think which of them would be. I, I guess like they'd be like a makeup artists or whatever. Like here's mm. how I did my makeup this morning. Um, I'm sounding really old now because I'm trying to I'm trying to think like what do young people care about? Um, it's get ready with me. <laughs> okay, is that what it is? Yeah, that's what they're called. Yes. <laughs> and is it um, like are they doing the live thing or is it like they post it later? Uh they'll do like a reel of it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or they do like the transformation things on TikTok where it's like this was me before, now this is me. Mm. Yeah, the, like the other big thing in this movie would be like the the Snapchat or equivalent app that I don't know about where the message disappears, like, so that Ooh, you can't yeah. use it against anyone. Yeah. That would be Disappearing a messages. That's, yeah. I think that's Snapchat. I don't mm. use Snapchat, so I don't know. Um, I also have live streaming slash recording of the Caddy and Regina George's run-in at the end of the film. Yeah. In front of the bus? Yeah. Yeah, that would definitely be like a Instagram live or something, wouldn't it? Yeah, people with their phones out <laughs> everywhere. They wouldn't be able to help themselves. Yeah, at least it would stop the rumours that she was pushed. <laughs> <laughs> True. Maybe. That that should have maybe happened. And then, of course, group texting. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. And uh, the side group text where it's like, you know, this is a group text where Regina's not in it or where yeah. Kat- <laughs> K- Katie's not in it or whatever. Katie's not in it. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> uh, the question we had from Simon that I 
thought should slot in here was uh, could Kevin G have a successful rap career on TikTok? <laughs> Maybe SoundCloud. Yeah. I think SoundCloud you know, rappers. I don't know a whole lot about TikTok, but I feel like he could because it's like the short one minute rap that's funny yeah. and you know maybe as you said not as vulgar in 2021 maybe he tones that down a little bit for a 15 a year bit. old yeah. or maybe, maybe the fact that he's 15 makes it funnier and like it, it makes it go viral it's like here check out this 15 year old indian kid who's rapping about his you know prowess his sex <laughs> to, life to uh to be <laughs> to be yeah um, anyway possible because you know people um use tone like other people's sounds on tiktok mm-hmm. so there's yeah. potential there there you go all right the next question is kind of flowing on from this could you make mean girls today and what would the 2021 version be yeah absolutely so i think that this whole mean girls concept transcends through time it could yeah. it's relevant in any time setting it's just you know we've all had interactions with the mean girl at school we've all possibly been the mean girl at school <laughs> maybe just year eight and nine i was mean after that i didn't care anymore um i'm sure it was just a tough time you know it was yeah i'm not gonna lie it was yeah. um uh, but yeah i think that 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 subject is important and and talking about bullying and you know how to to uphold women rather than tear them down is a really important message no matter what age you are mm. Yeah, interesting. So I wonder if the like there is a Mean Girls two that exists, and oh, no. it's one of those like they only got the principal back for it style sequels. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to pretend that doesn't exist, and uh, I wonder would a Mean Girls two be a modern day high school, or would it be here's like the high school reunion, and here's where all these people are now. And it's like, it takes place over like one night or like the day before and the build up to it. And then the night and maybe like the next day, like the fallout, that could be quite interesting where I think that'd be they, interesting, fall, yeah. they fall back into their high school, like personas and how thing, how much things haven't changed or maybe they have changed. It could be interesting to look at the kind of thing that you mentioned of like the fact that it's, it's still an issue with adults, not just high school kids so yeah absolutely yeah i think that'd be really interesting especially if they did like a 20 years later and then we'd really feel old (laughs) (laughs) definitely but yeah i I mean like the the obvious thing here is to say like the movie of the musical that's coming out next year will really be the 2022 version of this i guess so that's what we can look forward to to see you know who they replace the uh the Ashton Kutcher reference with and <laughs> whatever else. Justin Biebs. I was going to say Justin Bieber, but then I'm like, that's so like old person trying to think of who the young person <laughs> is. It's like Justin Bieber. No. And, uh, um, I don't know uh, who's relevant now. Uh, you know, the, the, the Miley Cyrus, you know. Oh, Zac Efron, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but I mean, he's in heaps of movies now. Maybe, I don't know what kids... What kid? What? Sorry, I don't know what teenagers like. Yes, it's a. It's, a, it's been a long time since I've been there. It's a mystery, that's for sure. It's probably <laughs> it's probably some like uh, 
K-pop star or something. I don't know. Uh, don't doubt it. I have a 13-year-old brother. I'll ask him. Yeah, do that. It's a mystery to me. I feel like every oh. time I search anything on Twitter, the results is K-pop. <laughs> then it's just K- K-pop fans. It's like, yeah. We're set. It's got nothing to do we'll with, a... with anything. We'll get BTS in. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Okay. It's time for the Steve Buscemi Spark Plug Award. Steve Buscemi. A real spark plug. So, this is for the uninitiated, when we award a prize to the actor that shows up, lights the screen on fire, and then just disappears. Um, There's a few uh, people to shout out. Uh, I think that whenever you see Tim Meadows as the principal, he's hilarious. Everything he says is hilarious. And the fact that he broke his hand... (laughs) <laughs> and they had to write it into the script with Carpal Tunnel. Oh, it's, no. <laughs> it's such a funny, like, side story. Um, it makes me think that they filmed the whole thing over, like, two weeks. Because, like, how long do you have your hand in a cast for? I don't know. Um, Rajiv Surendra, who plays Kevin, I think he did a really great job with, you know, just a couple of appearances in the movie. Neil Finn, as Caddy's dad, <laughs> or Katie's dad, <laughs> is great. So great. Uh, but he doesn't have a lot to work with it's funny when he like doesn't understand what being grounded is <laughs> like <laughs> like what should i not have done that yeah um but i think the the pretty obvious to me at least winner is amy poehler as regina's mum that's the yeah. cool mum uh, she's so funny <laughs> she's hilarious there's there wasn't much age gap between her and regina like six or eight years yeah. or something in real life but uh She's so hilarious, and I'm so glad that she's become such a big star thanks to like Parks and Rec and some other stuff that yeah. she's been part of. Um, and her being like best friends with Tina Fey certainly helps get her a role like that. But she, yeah, I think that there's probably a lot of mums out there that don't realize that that's who they are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They think they're the cool mum, but the kids just actually don't want the cool mum. <laughs> I just want you to be my mom. Yeah. Is that all right? She's Can like, you just be my parent? She's like making out with the kid on her bed and, and the mom's like, do you want like, a, uh, you know, a rubber or something? Like, You want a condom? Yeah. And I, it's like... No. Uh, not, uh... Mom. And then like when Katie asks her, like, is there alcohol in this drink? She's like the classic cool parent line like i'd rather you you drink uh, you know when i'm around than (laughs) than when i'm not here (laughs) yeah (laughs) i was like oh i had parents i was i was probably around 17 when i was going to parties you know almost 18 Uh um when i started you know drinking but um yeah my parents were definitely like i'd rather you just have a beer at home than go somewhere where i don't know where you are (laughs) Oh, great. So, Amy Poehler, congratulations. Congrats. She's Last, fantastic. Yeah, she's awesome. Can't speak highly enough about her and Tina Fey. Yeah. Is Mean Girls still a good movie? Yes. Cat. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I feel like there's a lot to learn from the film. Um, it shows that there's this toxicity of girl-on-girl hate. And even though this is shown in its most extreme especially you know we have the incredibly animalistic fighting scene that would never really happen in real life but it does show how horrible and hard it does get for people Mm. um it also tackles issues that are super important we've got bullying homophobia slut shaming 
Albeit it's not done necessarily in what we would consider the best way in 2021, but there's still this attempt to discuss them throughout the film Mm -hmm. in a way that is consumable by teenagers and teenagers can understand the discussion that's going on rather than teaching, oh, well, sorry, treating teenagers like they're stupid and don't understand. So don't talk about it at all. Yeah, Yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. And I think for me watching this movie, you know, you can, you can get into the nitty gritty and, and critique some of the things that haven't aged and we've done that already. But I think overall, mm. like if you just sit down, if you don't think about it too hard, you sit down and you enjoy what's a hilarious script with great performances, um, a, yeah. an amazing cast with a good message and I just had so much fun rewatching it. And oh yeah, I was like, just watching it earlier, and I was like, "Far out! I forgot how much I love so this It's so easy movie. to watch. Like <laughs> it, it, the pacing is so good. Like it doesn't drag anywhere. There's no point where, like, it's not moving ahead at least. And that's I think it's just edited really well. Uh, it's the the perfect length. And like if if you're listening to this and haven't watched it for a few years, and just just do it because it, it's on like every streaming service as well by the way <laughs> in australia like it's on netflix and stan and you know binge and Prime, Amazon, I, think. I think yeah so it's yeah. like for some reason like it's just everywhere it's not going to be hard to track down uh but you don't have an excuse not to watch it exactly. yeah i just i haven't watched it actually in a few years and i had it on earlier and i just was huh this movie used to put me in tears laughing so much because it was just so funny and when I sat down to watch it today, I was just like, I can't remember like a time where I haven't laughed at this film because there's like, every time there's something new that you watch, yes. like something you pick up on and you're just like, oh, I didn't notice that before. When, when Damien goes, and I want my pink sweater back or whatever <laughs> he says. I want my Yeah. I was just like, I never noticed that before. Or maybe I couldn't understand what he was saying. And it was just like, yeah, that's such a great ad lib. That's probably one of my favourite things that he does in the entire film oh god my cheeks hurt because i just love i love damien (laughs) it minus him hanging out in the girls toilets because that's weird (laughs) yeah well there you go and you know we've got the the musical coming out in a year or so so definitely familiarize yourself with the og movie before that comes out and uh, yeah, well, we, we want to say this is the time where it's great to subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends. If you enjoyed it, you can grab your 8-bit merch over at shop8bit.net. Uh, that's where, you know, there's a Comedy Rewind-inspired shirt as well with a Sony VHS throwback design. But there's also a whole bunch of cool uh, nerd-inspired t-shirts and designs that you can get on your body if you want to go further than that, there's the Kofi page, ko-fi.com slash we are 8-bit. And that's where a few dollars a month will support the work we're doing over here, the podcast, the content. And if you chip in a little bit extra, you can get one of these sweet 8-bit founders coins. Uh, really cool memento to say that you were part of ground zero of the Kofi page. There's also a 8-bit family portrait happening where you can get yourself drawn as a Star Wars character of your choice by a brilliant artist. So get onto that. Well worth the price. And if I haven't said enough, I haven't given you enough homework. Ratings and <laughs> reviews. Rate and review this podcast. Rate and review 
Cats Podcasts. It'll make us both happy. You can do it yeah. on Apple Podcasts. You can do it on Podchaser, anywhere that gets it done. Uh, Kat, do you want to plug your socials and uh, when your next podcasts are coming out? Yeah, sure. Um, so you can find me at Catstead underscore or at TGIF pod. And I have an episode with a lovely librarian friend of mine coming out this Friday. We're looking at Little Monsters with Lupita Nyong'o. So, yeah, keep an eye out. Very good. And you were recently a guest on The Hungry Game Show as well. Oh, I was. Yes, I thought I nailed that, but... You did well. Thank you. It was good. It's good. Talking I'm good about... at multiple choice. Yeah. <laughs> Talking all about Bioshock. I was definitely listening along and trying to like answer before you did because it's a, a game that I love as well and I think if anyone uh, is a fan of the Bioshock series you should definitely go listen to that one on the Hungry Gamers podcast feed but for now you can catch me on social medias at Jono himself dear listeners we want to thank you again for joining us on Comedy Rewind till next episode be kind oh I love that because of that movie Be Kind Rewind <laughs>